0: Hey everyone, this is Caleb here from In The Mood For Real History. Now before you get started with this episode, if you haven't heard, I want to tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain it to you. First off, being on a teacher's salary, I love that it is free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, all you cool cats and commies, this is In the Mood. Levitating perspectives each episode at the time. All right, all right, all right. So we have made it to a new week. A week before Christmas. Wait, two weeks. Two weeks before Christmas? A week. A week and some odd days. A week and a half. A week and a half. So... We started last week talking about our controversial conversation. So if you hadn't checked out last week, make sure to check it out. Like, subscribe, and leave a comment, if you so dare. Yes, (laughs) if you dare, leave us a review. We want to know what you think. So we talked about looting last week. Now this week, we're going to take kind of a different view. Angle. A different angle, you could say, yeah. Because, you know, we're right in the middle of a pandemic. Not only a pandemic, but an economic and financial crisis. And, you know, on the verge of collapse, on the verge of collapse and millions and millions and millions, millions of Americans are hurting. You know, by the end of this month, over 19 million people are going to be evicted from their homes. 19 million people right in time for Christmas are facing eviction because the government hadn't done jack shit to, you know, extend any of these benefits that are needed. And so we decided to come up with this. Our own. Yeah, our own episode to debate and discuss two possible, um, how do we say, policies that could really help the American Ideas. Ideas to help the American people. So we're going to be debating today a universal basic income and a federal jobs guarantee. So both of these have either been implemented. They're pretty valuable, I would say. They're pretty valuable. They would be very helpful to the American people, some more than others. Um, but we're going to debate the good and the bad about it, and at the end, we're going to make our decision, and we're going to let you make your own decision, too. And we want to hear what you have to say about this. So make sure to leave those comments and reviews at the end. So, first off, you know, we've all heard of the UBI lately, especially with Andrew Yang in the last year.
1: Uh, presidential candidate. At, you, know, you know, X before, you know. Yeah. A unit before old uh, f- uh, little Frosty Joe took over. You're not gonna get in this. Yeah, got You can't take you. You can't have your semi-automatic <laughs> weapons. You wore
0: weapons. You wore.
1: I've been in politics forty-five years, and you know what? I just don't like them AR-15s. <laughs> Even though I introduced the crime bill, I really don't like them. I don't know when I have to potty. <laughs> Jill, Jill, Jill. check my diaper.
0: (laughs) I need my pill. (laughs) But anyway, so this UBI with Andrew Yang of the Yang Gang introduced this idea of the UBI. So Zach, you're going to be taking the UBI side tonight. I'll be taking the federal job guarantee. So give us a little overview.
1: What it is, is it's a set amount of money per year per each person that you would get. So what it does is... Like, say it's $12,000 a year, right? Mm -hmm. As just just a a made up damn number, you know, like, Mm -hmm. say, like, each individual person in that country gets a guaranteed 12 to 15, you know, around that, you know, just something, something guaranteed. So, what it does is it pretty much gives you money to pump in the economy. So, regardless if you, or have a job if, if you're looking for a job or if you're just on the struggle bus, you know, you have a guaranteed income. And that to me matters a lot more than a federal jobs guarantee. So in my opinion, if you if you're weighing it out here, the UBI, you get that money no matter what. Whereas a federal jobs guarantee you have to apply, you have to be, you're either going to be on a waiting list, you have to interview, you have to do, is that true? Am I right or what?
0: Um, I'm going to let you finish and then I'll rebut. I'll let you finish.
1: So basically what I'm saying is like, you have to, for a federal jobs guarantee, if if you don't have, like, let's say you're not really the best keeping a job and you and you lose it, you lost your source of income on your federal jobs guarantee. Am I right? So
0: if you get fired, quote unquote. A federal jobs guarantee pretty much guarantees if you want a job, there are jobs available in the public sector. So like think about during the Great Depression, FDR introduced the New Deal. He had like his WPA, his CCC. Those are federal jobs that were guaranteed, and it was essentially to combat unemployment because unemployment was at nearly 26% in the country during that time. And so it was saying, you know, there's going to be a job for you if you want it. If you have the ability to, you will have this job. So, but see, the only thing about a UBI that I kind of am kind of against is it doesn't transform. It doesn't get to the root of the issue. Most UBI is to pay for certain things like health care or to pay for childcare or to pay for it such and such. But you can give money to people, but if, those, if your health is unaffordable, it doesn't put a restriction on health care providers. So all health care providers are going to do is raise rates like they always have. Think about college, how it used to be affordable back in the 60s. And now it's just skyrocketing. Yeah, it's skyrocketed 300% since the 1960s. They saw that people were starting to pay for college, and so they raised the rates. Same thing for healthcare. If there's not a restriction put on private companies, then they're just going to raise their rates. And so you're going to be in the same situation as you were in before. So it doesn't really transform the system that built these inequalities in the first place. It just maintains the status quo. So let, let me rebut that one. So,
1: like, what if it's used just for like workers that can, it's just like having a source of income until you find another job. Like that's like using it purpose, like for for that kind of purpose, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's just extended unemployment, right? There. But I mean, you don't have to jump through the hoops and all that stuff you have to, to, in order to get unemployment, you know, because uh, if anybody's ever filed for unemployment, you, it literally takes weeks or it takes, you have to have the, a right either story or you have to have a, the, the reason it's all up to that particular worker. Whereas if you have UBI it's base, it's, you're entitled to it you know and and you don't have to wait and and jump through all these ridiculous hoops in order to get money to live on
0: but that would just make people lazy no i'm kidding um i see what you're saying 100% and to an extent a ubi is good for the short term but it doesn't solve these long term issues these systemic issues that we see in this country the systemic wealth gap the systemic uh inequalities when it comes to people of color and low income people as well. This federal job guarantee it provides a structure, a set structure that holds the private sector accountable. Because when it comes to hiring and firing, who are the first people to be who are the first people to be fired and the last people to be hired? Your blue collar workers. Yes, that most likely are people of color disproportionately are the first to be fired, last to be hired. So this UBI, essentially, it's where all who desire to have a job with decent wages and benefits are given that. They have a per- public job. And so they're designed to do away with the factors that preserve this inequality, like I was talking about, the wealth and racial inequalities, where the private sector alone can't do that because the private sector is the one that has created these inequalities over time. Think about in Alabama with the right to being a right to work state. They can fire you for any damn reason. Right. You don't have those collective bargaining agreements that you do in states with unions. You don't have these rights that protect you. You can just be fired at w- at will essentially. And you think that's just like do you
1: think that's a violation of like just a person's like ability you could either make to make a living or mm-hmm. you, it like in order to pass like as an example, you know how like you have to have like a 90 day 3 month trial in a sense, mm-hmm. but like they and can, within those
0: ninety days you can be fired for farting wrong, yeah, you know? Exactly. But Joe, Joe Biden, he just if you changed your diaper at the wrong time, then you just be fucked. But he says,
1: I'm a union guy. I'm a union guy. And you know what he points at you while he says it too. I'm a union guy.
0: He points that finger
1: at you. No, it's just very smooth. It's just like I'm a union guy. With <laughs> a little with a little wink on the end.
0: <laughs> Remind me before the end of this, we gotta talk about the Mitch McConnell election Ad, it's awkward as fuck, but it's hilarious. But anyway, um, I'm glad that you mentioned that because you know this idea of the right to a job, making it almost like a civil right, goes back to FDR in 1944 when he came up with his economic bill of rights. So he said that we need to expand on our original bill of rights. You know, the first ten amendments, the rights that all Americans have. So he said that the right to a job, the right to a a job that is safe and well-paying is an economic right for every citizen. Because he said, quote, needy people are not free people. Those who are hungry and out of a job are the stuff of which dictatorships are made. So he said that essentially he's saying- Let's dumb that down. Yeah, he's saying that like I was, yeah. He's saying that people who don't have a good job, who are starving in the streets, who You know, are living in this precarious position or choose to
1: sell drugs or as an alternate opportunity. That's kind of getting
0: off track, but somewhat. But it's saying that people that don't have the means to survive are the ones that are likely to overthrow the government, are likely to uh, fight back. I mean, think about it. That's how Hitler came to power in Germany. He preyed on the people that were suffering because of. You know, the Great Depression because of the um inflation. Well, yeah. And all of that dealing with the World War One, the treaty, all of that. So they he preyed on them and saw that they were starving, that they had no jobs, the unemployment was skyrocketing. And he was able to take over Germany through using the people. And so FDR saw that and he saw that every worker deserved a safe job that paid well at the same time and so there's been throughout our history of the 21st and uh, century 20th and 21st century we see movements for these rights and so you know even during periods of low unemployment there's still millions of people out of work and there's millions more that are like part-time employees that want to have a full-time job because of the full-time benefits. And so there's still always going to be this higher number of people looking for jobs than the private sector allows. Because think about it, the private sector, you go into business, capitalism 101, a business starts and they only will hire enough people to still make a profit. They still need to make a profit, right? At the end of the day. yeah. Yeah, so you only hire enough people to keep that profit, so if your profits start to go down, what do you have to do? Fire Fire people. That puts the worker in a precarious position, doesn't it? In a sense of unease, they never know if they're gonna be fired or not. Yeah. So the federal job guarantee says no, we're gonna hold the private sector accountable by saying the public sector is gonna set the wage floor at this, so like 15 an hour, let's just say. So if this private sector job wants to stay in business, they have to raise their wages too. So then if the federal government goes up to 20, private sector has to go up as well. So every American knowing that if they're in this job working for like Google, let's just say, don't hate me, Google, I'm just using you. And they don't like it because, you know, they could be fired at any minute. They don't have a lot of rights, right? Yeah, pretty much what they say goes. yeah. Yeah. So then the federal government has a job that's just as similar that says, hey, we'll pay you. This amount that's just the same, if not a little bit more, than the private sector, and you have union benefits of you know collective bargaining. You can't be fired for no reason. That whole that makes the private sector step up their game, essentially. And so it provides worker protections for the, the people. And so, you know, it forces that private employer to be held accountable. And it provides this alternative option for these low-paying jobs that people hate.
1: So let me ask you this. So I'm, I'm going to have to drag you back to my topic, the UBI. So when it comes to, like, as an example, how do you feel about the programs that the government has instilled today? Like, le- versus UBI, like, let's say traditional welfare programs. Mm-hmm. That's
0: an issue that I have with UBI.
1: But-, but what I'm saying, like, UBI would replace traditional welfare programs, which... Mm-hmm are so hard to get on in the first place. You you know what I mean? Whereas anybody can get on UBI, like anybody can have basic income, whereas all the, like you said, the the hoops and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so like, regardless of that, but like what are like, how do you feel the whole issue about either the welfare program in general, how it should be run or things like that? Like, what would you do to improve
0: that? It needs to be open to anybody that falls you're, it Take care of the bureaucracy of it. But see, that's the only thing that I'm kind of worried about is this UBI would essentially replace these welfare programs like food stamps, for instance, right? A UBI would replace that. Do we necessarily need to have food stamps replaced? Because then you're losing that funding that you would have for food stamps. They're coming in with that $1,000, let's say a month. Okay, that pays for your food stamps, but you're not... That's still, you're having to use money that you would have gotten to pay for an item that you used to get for free. So you see, it kind of leaves you in the same position that you would have already had for free. These welfare programs are needed. Why do one in three children go hungry in the United States? We need to make access to these better, make them more efficient. We need to put people in charge that actually know what the fuck they're doing. You know? of these and, programs. And not have
1: as as an example, you have a, a a person that's head of the education department that's not even a teacher. You know, and
0: Betsy DeVos, you have like 39, 38 days left and I can't wait till your ass is gone. Like I I am so excited to see Donald Trump leave, but I think I'm even more excited to see Betsy DeVos a, te- leave. a, a person that's not even a teacher. Charles. Never once been a teacher. The only reason she got that job is because her family donated millions of dollars to Trump's campaign. Only reason. She has no ounce, not even one ounce of qualifications. I have more experience teaching than she does, and she's the Secretary of Education. How fucking sad is that? For the United States, not just the state. No, no, no. no. For the whole damn United States. And I have more teaching education than her. I mean, uh, experience teaching than her. Like, how sad is that? But, yeah, I mean, these welfare programs are needed. I mean, we're literally talking about food people. We're the wealthiest nation on earth that can spend $740 billion and pass it like it's nothing. The Senate passed it with overwhelming approval, but then when it comes to why do we have people in line for food banks going miles down the street in Texas or other states right now? Because they can't, they have no money. So, it all goes back to A, we have no one even supporting a well we have the Republicans that are just shooting down these COVID relief packages right now, but they don't mind passing 740 billion dollars for the defense bill for the military. but it's going to be vetoed, right? Uh, Trump said he's going to veto it because it has it will take away Confederate names on monuments or on uh, forts, military bases. like, really? You're going to prevent aid to millions of people, veterans, mind you. Yeah, vi- veterans. The people, the people you claim that you've done so much for the VA. Yeah, know, like millions of, you know, veterans or other people in the military, you're going to reject all you over. Give, the,
1: like you're going to reject giving them pay raises, mm-hmm. like because the military is already very underpaid as 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 yeah. is. Yeah.
0: But. Yeah, um, for me, my rebuttal to your uh, safety net, your welfare programs in the UBI, you know, we have to face these problems head on. UBI is like a band aid to this problem. It doesn't solve the problem of hunger, it doesn't solve the issues of healthcare, it doesn't solve the issues of um, our climate crisis by saying. Okay, we're gonna give you a thousand bucks a month to pay your healthcare providers. Does that make healthcare affordable for everyone? Because couldn't healthcare providers just raise their rates?
1: Without supervision, yeah.
0: Yeah. So why not fix the issue instead of just putting a band-aid on it? Fix the issue, i.e., making healthcare affordable for everyone through a taxpayer-funded system, a single payer system, rather than just saying, here's a thousand dollars, here's you here's something to pay for it. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's my rebuttal, you know, and that's just an excuse to take away funding for welfare programs. But couldn't the funding go to a
1: lot more productive other, other things like uh, combating the
0: climate change as an example, like couldn't that go towards that? Well, yeah, we, we could also take funding away from $740 billion to spend on the military and fund combating climate change and hunger and healthcare. So let me ask you this: though,
1: Like, what what's your problem with the amount of money spent on the military? Like, what's so bad about that when when they're the ones quote unquote protecting the country or, or for national defense or home defense or anything like that?
0: Okay, so well, what I'm saying is, why do we need to spend billions of dollars to be the policemen of the world? Why do we have to be the policemen of the world? And spend billions of dollars on weapons of war when we can't even take care of our own people. We have to take care of our own people before we can go be an imperialistic power, in my opinion. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but like aren't you doing it for the freedom like like the whole point of democracy, quote unquote. Okay. So that's why we're in the Middle East right now? For democracy? How's that going?
1: It's been going for how many years?
0: Yeah. Since the 90s, it's also the same place that there is a one of the largest uh, untapped resources of oil. Hmm.
1: Just so happens to be yeah. the name of uh, democracy. Yeah,
0: all in the name of democracy, though. Okay, all right.
1: All in the name of profit.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, when it comes down to it, the UBI will end up taking away these safety nets of welfare programs because you're going to be spending that money that you could have been spending somewhere else because it was paid for. Instead, you're now having to pay for that product. That's like me saying, hey, I've got you and I are on the same cell phone plan, right? Right. Uh, so here I'll start. Pay, I was paying for your cell phone plan. OK. So you didn't have to pay anything. So now I'm going to give you forty bucks to pay for your half, but I'm going to get it right back. Does that solve this situation at all? You just break even. Right. It just keeps the status quo, right? And that's what the UBI is. Instead of being able to spend that extra thousand bucks, if your if your health care was already paid for, you could have spent that thousand dollars somewhere else. That would have helped the economy, but now you're just giving it right back to the government. So is that helping? raise your situation at all so it's like as an example is it like whenever you do your taxes at
1: the end of the season like you know you like you'll either be in the hole or you get money back but the only reason you're getting money back because you're going to end up either pumping it right back into the economy you know
0: kind of yeah but do you see what i'm trying to say about how the ubi just helps maintain that status quo you're not able to move up at all you're just able to stay in the same situation
1: able to to pay for minute things right so
0: if you're already in a a lower class situation are you able to move up at all
1: you are no you're just either when you say status quo is it like you're not getting maintain how things are right now Like no, you don't change a lot for the better you just stay so where it's you're like at. you take a baby step forward if that really I, I figured like even versus a homeless guy on the street if you give him a thousand dollars a month he's going to still find a lot of ways to pump that money into the economy whether it be spending it on Home, so either. Oh, okay, so a homeless person who does not have a home. Exactly. If, and you give him $1,000 a month, he's going to find something to do is with he that gonna, money. Okay, it, but is he it's, it's have not a our home. business what he does with that money, though.
0: Is he going to have a home? I don't know. So yeah. does that raise his situation at all? Does that help his situation? It helps the
1: economy if you're looking at it on paper. So we should focus
0: on the economy more than the people. No, but I'm just. Uh,
1: uh, I wouldn't say that, but, uh, what I'm, but what I'm trying to explain <laughs> is like. If you're looking at like just economically, it still pumps money into the economy no matter what. So like whatever right. they whatever and, and they yes, choose to do with
0: it, like yes, and- that does. but it's more expensive to keep people homeless than it would be to pay to fix homeless, to solve homelessness in the United States. We could with the amount of money that the billionaires have made over the course of the coronavirus, we could have paid. To solve homelessness in this country, you realize that, but it's just people's prerogatives aren't. Yeah, our priority. Yeah, our priorities are focused on just like you said, more the economy than the welfare of the people. I feel like heavy <laughs> like Bain uh, and Batman? Say like
1: Winston Churchill's like saggy neck, you know? You know, I, like, that, like that. neck. No. Uh, it's like his neck talks. Or I could be like Mitch McConnell. We
0: can't pay for these things more. No. I'm gonna give a tax break to millionaires. But we can't pay for these people to be better off. It's just it's just sad. We can't do it.
1: So I gotta just and it's just been laid on my heart. Have you had something laid on your heart. Yep.
0: Just tell me then.
1: Like I said, ten minutes before service. So like I'm saying, so when it comes to UBI, the point of it, in my opinion, wouldn't the reason it started in the first place is to have that money there and in, in hopes of getting a better job so once you get the better job you drop that thousand dollars a month so how is that necessarily a quote-unquote like you say stopgap whenever you are using it as kind of like to get by at the moment
0: till you find a a better high-paying job. Okay, so you're hoping to find a better high-paying job. In, in search of. In search of, okay. Are you guaranteed to find that? No, but that's the point of having it until you find it. Right, so it's just helping you maintain it until you find it, but then what if you're fired again? Same way with a federal job guarantee. What, what happens if you get fired in a federal job guarantee? But with a federal job guarantee, you're guaranteed to have a job. You're you, guaranteed okay,
1: to so, so you, so have you, a
0: well-paying job that ha- gives you more protections from being fired for no reason than a private sector job which could fire you for no reason if you work in a right-to-work state. So like the federal job guarantee and UBI, they're more focused on helping... Um, the lower class. The lower class people. But with a f- UBI, every single person in America gets $1,000, right? So why does a billionaire need thousand dollars extra.
1: Well, what I'm saying is, like, if you make over a like, like even like Joe Biden as an example, he's going to tax people that make over a certain amount, mm-hmm. four hundred thousand dollars, right? So, my point, what I'm trying to say to you is, like, why not use it as a supplementary or a or just for the moment until mm-hmm. you
0: are in a, until you are able to get a job, right? And I see what you're saying. I hundred percent see what you're saying, and it's good in the short term, but once you get that job you don't have that $1,000 anymore, correct? Yes. So you gotta start paying for your health care again. Can you do that? You're gonna be using your paycheck again, part of your, majority of your paycheck usually, to pay for healthcare. Or whatever you were paying for with that $1,000, you lose, and now you're having to pay for that shit again. That should, if it was covered under a federal job guarantee, you would have access to, you would not have to be paying for healthcare again magically. You see what I'm saying? So now, under what you're saying, if you have the UBI and you lose it, then you're going to have to take whatever paycheck you have, even if it's that you would have to probably take that extra amount you'd get in a raise, right? If you got a raise, and pay for that health care, so then you're back down to what you were making before. So are you really being helped? So, but my thing is though, while you're not, you're not going to take a job that you're
1: making equal or a little bit more than you're taking. You're going to take a job that you find. Hopefully,
0: yes. Yeah, hopefully, like
1: your average part, like your, per, your average person is not going to go looking for a minimum wage job when they're already making more on UBI. So right there, that pretty much eliminates that.
0: But so. that's under the gear. That's under the assumption that there will be that job to find. Now look at back in 2009 when the economy crashed, the financial crisis of 2009, right? People were graduating college, coming out of college, being told or coming into college being told, oh, when you graduate, you're going to have this degree. You'll be able to get a great job. And then when the economy tanked in 2008, 2009, uh, those people were shit out of luck. There's not jobs to get. Yeah,
1: but then I'm also going to counter you with this. So this is the same people that had a degree in business or, or just your average fucking useless degree. Or you business. know what I
0: mean? As an, as an, as,
1: you I you know, what, I know what you're saying.
0: But what I'm saying is that's just under the assumption that there is a job to get when you're there. Just like saying, you say, "Oh, I'm going to get a higher-paying job." Okay, what if that job is not there?
1: Okay, but then let me counteract you with this though. You said also, like, if that job's not there, like, what about you? Like, what about going to jobs as an example? You know how uh, in the Green New Deal it's, it's centered centered around jobs for green energy jobs. Yes, yeah, exactly. So. Let's say, well, why use your degree for something pointless like that whenever, as an example, there's always going to be health, the healthcare field. There's always going to be like, as or the green new jobs, things like that. Why not specialize in those fields that you know are going to have jobs instead of bumfuck nowhere or stupid ass uh, classes you take or you're majoring?
0: Right. I see what you're saying. Under the green new deal, they pay for that training for you to get that new job. That transitions you from whatever to, a yeah. Green but it, but job. it's but
1: it's saying it, you have to you have to work in that field. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is, like, why would you go to like as an example? You're going you're going to college for uh, what's what's a what's a stupid ass thing to major in? Like like something like that, basket
0: weaving. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah like that. Right. So yeah, but that's a personal person's personal choice. And under a federal job guarantee. It makes those what's called passion jobs that usually don't pay a lot, they guarantee jobs in those fields. So, like, let's say, you know, like, for instance, what was it? Oh, well, here, here's you an example. Pavlina Chernova, Dr. Pavlina Chernova, who is a fellow mmt that I subscribe to, She suggests that the federal jobs guarantee, it's divided into three categories, three federally funded public jobs that are guaranteed, like categories. One is like for the environment. So you could be like tree planting, fire and other natural disaster prevention, home weatherization, you know, making your house hurricane-proof. Those are federally funded jobs. So there's construction, there's being like healthcare, being like a park ranger, stuff like that, that falls under just that one category. The other category was for the community cleaning up vacant properties, restoration of public places, you know, like rejuvenation and repurposing buildings for other uses. There's construction. There's, uh, you know, what is it, architecture. Maintenance, all that. Yeah, all those big, wide-open things that give you a living wage. To begin with, you're guaranteed a living wage. So you're not being relying on a private sector job that may or may not be there, that may or may not stay. These are jobs that are there to stay. And the third category was people, care for people, healthcare, elder care, after school programs. So, if you're really passionate about basket weaving, for instance, after school programs for kids, which are those passion things like dance or basket weaving or a, band a or Zumba class. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> These things are paid for because, in the long run, they help society more than they cost. And, you know, dealing with healthcare as well all of these are federally funded jobs that are kept and promised that you can't lose because a you called
1: into work one day
0: because you called into work one day or the owner didn't get as much profit so he's going to have to cut back on jobs and you're that one person he yeah. has to fire you have your job protected so it to combat you what you said it allows people to pursue their passions that may not make that much money You know what I'm saying? That also contribute to society. So like with the FDR and the New Deal, they had literally people going around and doing oral history projects, which don't get your mind in what you were thinking about when you hear oral, but they hear from people like, for instance, in the thirties, they went through and recorded people that used to be slaves because they were dying out. And that's an important history to have. The federal government paid for that. So, but that also contributes to our history and to our future as well. They had the WPA, the Workers Pro- Worker Protection Agency, something like that. Workers Program Agency.
1: And also they uh, they built houses and things like that, right? It's, like it's Habitat historic, for Humanity, yeah. Something like it's like that. the historic uh, trustful houses, right?
0: right? And that's also how we solve homelessness, right there. You see what I'm saying? So it starts out with one thing, helping one person get a job, but it also solves other issues in our country. That are plaguing all these inequalities that are plaguing our country. So it provides more more than it takes away. Whereas a UBI, it gives you a thousand bucks a month. You see what I'm saying? But UBI
1: isn't used for it isn't mainly used just to live on, those, is what I'm saying. It's used as, like you say, a UBI something to it, hold you over until you okay, find a better job. So
0: let's just be real here. If I'm sitting here right now and I'm giving an extra thousand bucks a month and we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic, what am I going to use it to pay on? My rent? My healthcare that I'm still getting charged a month? I'm not going to use it to go buy a fucking PlayStation 5. You know? Everybody says, oh yeah, that's what's going to happen. Is it really though? No, let's be realist. People are using it to pay off certain uh, bills they have. So this UBI... Great, you're paying for your health care. That's you know the average what was like for a family of four is like 1200 bucks a month. right there's your two thousand or thousand dollars
1: and you owe 200.
0: Yeah, you still owe 200. so it maintains that status quo. okay So then you said, okay, I get this raise. Okay, great, you get a more money, but if you aren't covered under the UBI anymore, Now that extra money that you're making would have to go back to paying for whatever you were paying for with the UBI. So you're right back where you started. That's maintaining the status quo. That's maintaining how things are. So it doesn't really change anything. And for instance, one thing that I mentioned earlier and we kind of haven't, well, we haven't really hit on a lot, but it's the protection from the loss of dealings with automation. So, you know, a lot of jobs, technology, yeah, you're losing jobs because of te- the gains in technology. So people that used to work on the assembly line, they're being replaced by automation. So all, whether it's cars, whether it's any kind of uh, electronic stuff like that's now being made automatically with technology, you don't have a job. Now you went to college being told, Hey, I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to have a job guaranteed for me and I can start working, working as some kind of engineer. Now your job's being replaced and you have nothing to do. What do you do? Hope to God that you can live off a thousand bucks a month? No. If you had a federal job guarantee, you could have a job waiting for you at a living wage.
1: But then what if that living wage isn't the way isn't the isn't enough, quote unquote, to meet your financial needs, though?
0: You know, so okay, so think about it. Say say you go from making sixty thousand dollars to thirty thousand. Okay. So like you mentioned, how you're not gonna go step down looking for another job, you always step a, a lateral move or a, up. Think about all the engineering jobs that would be available if we had the federal job guarantee dealing with build, building up our infrastructure or changing Bridges our, or- yeah, changing our economy over to a green new deal, making more green energy plants or uh, wind turbines and stuff like that. You're able to jump essentially from whatever job you had in the private sector to, some kind of job in the public sector of the same area, you know? So I'm not going to be in the private sector being a teacher and then jump to having to, I don't know.
1: Work in the coal mines.
0: Yeah. There's there's always a lateral position available in the public sector that was in the private sector. So, you know, all these jobs that were lost to automation, you know, like the assembly lines, the self-checkout now, those jobs aren't there. But with a federal job guarantee, you have those guaranteed positions that you can go into the minute you're laid off. So you don't have to worry about where's my next paycheck coming from? How are we going to pay the bills? That raises the overall living standard in the country the same way for how this ties into the Green New Deal. All these federal jobs would be available to help transform the job sector into green and into a green and sustainable economy. So all these jobs, like we said, of the on the assembly line, or if you were a lineman of the county,
1: like Ron Swanson. But or you know what, or if all the jobs went to China.
0: They all just went to China. They all go to China. That's how we keep jobs in America by building these green America first. That's how we build these green sustainable energy. And it also helps the environment at the same time. So I mean, it just overall it it just works, and it just makes sense. So,
1: is it actually is it fab, fathomable,
0: fathomable? Fathomable? Yeah, I would say so. We can, and it's not like, oh, well, how do we afford it? We can't afford it. That's fuck shit. We are the creators of our own currency, so we can drum up in air because that's how money is. As much as we need to, we just have to have the resources to back it up. So, we can afford to spend $740 billion on a defense bill, but we can't magic afford to fund healthcare or, I don't know, not gut the education system?
1: No. That's, or, the, like you said, the education system, the yeah. welfare system is the first thing to get gutted. But right. military is the last.
0: Right. And is it really cutting budgets or is it just shifting the budgets somewhere else? You know? What, what do you mean by that? So, Quote, quote, if we were to cut the budget of the military, does that money just disappear? No, it's being used somewhere else. You're reallocating it. You're moving it. What, let's say if we cut the military budget by $2 billion, does that $2 billion disappear magically? No. We take that $2 billion and disperse it in other places, almost like defunding the police. Do we just cut that budget and it just goes away? No. No. We take that money and and we reallocate it in other areas to actually help people and have actually professional, qualified people with experience to take care of that. Why would a police officer go and answer a call of a mental health crisis? Are they in any way trained for that? No.
1: But they're expected to be.
0: They're expected to be. Or we could reallocate the money, that take a portion of that money and reallocate it to funding social workers or mental health professionals to go to these calls. And that's how we cut down on police-involved killings. Crazy fucking concept. But anywho, any other questions? So let me ask this, though.
1: In your opinion, like, leading up to the whole Joe Biden inauguration thing, do you think that he's actually going to try and implement something Fathomable in the environmental
0: category. I mean, first off, in a UBI or jobs guarantee sense, fuck no, because that would be too progressive. Um, the green energy, I feel like he's going to have to make some kind of concessions to the more progressive green people.
1: But I mean, I, but I mean, he's, he's already gonna... turned. I mean, he's already turned his back on them. As in. Right. so like. What do you? What do you? What would you say that he that he might do? Like he he said he wants to be carbon neutral by 2050. 2050.
0: Yeah, but That's the 20, point of no yeah. return is twenty thirty. So what good does that really do? That's like saying, okay, I see that your house is on fire. So instead of sending the fire department, I'm going to come over here with a fucking hose, and we're going to put it out. At- I'm going to put out your fire with my hose. Yeah, never mind. But so. Do you see what I'm saying? That's too little too late. It's like, great, you're trying, but you didn't try hard enough for what we needed. Like I said, go into a fire at a house and bring in a water bucket. But let me ask you this, though. I think he's thinking the reason
1: why he said 2050 is because like, he hopefully wants other countries besides just the United States in order to participate in climate-changing things, you know? Yeah. So let me, I was going to ask you about that as well, though, because, like... Like, um, even though, like,
0: people the say... The U.S. only accounts for, what, 4% of the overall carbon emissions? So, yeah, if we do our country, great, but there's the rest of the world to consider. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and at the end of the day, there's going to be countries that don't give a fuck. The majority of people don't give a fuck. And it comes down to it, yeah, it may cost us more, but it's in the it, it's in the sense of humanity. Protecting humanity, to be honest with you. Like, that's great. Hey, we only built up America, but there's the rest of the world to think about because if the rest of the world is destroyed, we're still going to have those effects. So it's kind of like me going, you know, I really don't want to give you a hundred bucks, but if you desperately need it or you're going to get shot, like you're being held ransom, do I really want to give a hundred dollars to somebody? Not a lot, maybe 50 for you. I wouldn't think twice, but a hundred. I don't want to do it, but I'm gonna. I'm going to. You know. So at the end of the day, we have to not quit thinking about just saving ourselves. We have to think about the good of the rest of the world because we only got one planet. When it's yeah. fucked up, no, 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 no. But there's that, nothing but that's, else.
1: That's the whole point I was getting at, though. Like, as an example, like let's say, let's say it's just the United States who's doing all of the work mm-hmm. whenever it's supposed to be a joint
0: effort. It's so- supposed to be, but can you ever physically force people to No, But at the end of the day, we have to still do it. Even if other people don't help, because if we only do what's our little portion but it revolve, It involves everybody else participating. That's what I'm saying. Right. But if they choose not to, we still have to pick up their slack yeah, because we still die if we don't. Yes. But what I'm saying is,
1: like, you shouldn't.
0: Well, we shouldn't kill, but we still do. You see what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, we have to still make it happen. If I'm in a group project with you and you don't do your part that you agreed to, I'm going to end up picking up your end of the deal, your end of your slack because I still want to pass, right? All right. So that's how it is with our earth, with our climate, with the environment. We agree. Let's say you're Germany and I'm America or you're China, China, and I'm America. The
1: second, it's China's the yeah.
0: first leading in uh, pollution, right? Yes. So we agree to work together. But if you don't keep up your end of the bargain and we know that if both of us don't participate or at least have somebody participate on your behalf, the world's going to end just to go worst-case scenario, I'm still going to have to pick up your hat because I want to live too. I want my grandkids to live too. And it's the same way with green energy. We have to save the earth or else we all die. So we can be great and say, hey, well, we did our part. Well, that's great, but you're still going to die if you don't pick up everybody else's end of the situation. The hope is that they will feel incentivized enough By, you know, living or tax breaks or incentives like that to pick up their end of the deal, you know? But at the end of the day, we don't have a choice. And people that want to just bury their head in the sand and act like it's not happening, you're getting fucked the entire time.
1: Look at the evidence.
0: Right. And then saying, well, I'm going to be dead, so it really doesn't matter. Well, that makes you an even worse person because what about your kids? In your future grandkids and your future great grandkids, bloodline, man, your bloodline. So, at the end of the day, we just have to actually give a shit about people. Instead of focusing on the almighty dollar, we have to give a shit about people, and that's what it comes down to. Except people with puffy nipples. I mean, if they, they, um, you know, whatever happens, happens. They seem,
1: they seem like the type of people that would just be okay with throwing uh, like a rapper out out of the window.
0: Yep. They would. They probably would. They probably don't flush in urinals when they use them either. Or like, they'll take a monster shit. They leave it for the next person. Yeah, they leave a monster shit in the toilet at those concerts that we go to. Or in the one-stalled bathrooms at the restaurants, they leave like a monster plunger-worthy shit, and they don't flush. And they walk out and go, hee-hee, and then walk out. Right,
1: that's not my problem.
0: (laughs) Not my problem. Somebody else will take care of it. Yeah, those fuckers. Oh, Puffy nipple people. But anyway, any last minute thing? That was a good rant right there about was. green energy. Um, any last minute things about your, what's your, if you had to make a final argument for UBI, what would you say? I would say it's a very good stopgap, like
1: regarding to the, like you need money and, to hold you over until you find a better job. I think that's a lot more comprehensive and a lot more logical, in my opinion, than a federal jobs guarantee because then, not ever, they're not gonna give, they wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? You have to look at it realistically. Like the government, even though they did it back in the 30s, they're not gonna, you know what I mean? It's not, times are different. People actually, majority of people either are going to college or trying to, or they're just looking for something to get them by. It's, it's either, it's, it's such a sure. dramatic well, difference. You know, and so I view it as I think UBI would be a lot more logical and a lot more like realistic than a federal jobs guarantee. Like, you know, that's just like to me, it's just like pulling something out your ass and trying to make it work whenever it it could work on paper. But the odds of that being implemented versus a UBI, which is already a set amount, no matter what, I think that's just logical
0: okay okay um i'll respond in a few ways there's historical precedent for a job guarantee i said fdr oh i'm so yeah fdr um in the 1960s with mlk during the civil rights movement one of the big things that he pushed for was an economic job guarantee for all Ooh. i'm not done i'm letting you finish i'll let you finish um today in India, they passed. They recently passed a job guarantee that employed 600 million people because India has over a billion people. So 600 million people were able to find a job because of that. It raises wages. So it prioritizes creating job opportunities to areas with the greatest needs, i.e. lower income areas that also end up having the greatest infrastructure needs. Everybody always talks about, oh, these as Donald Trump said, these shithole places, in the words of Donald Trump, that's how we can rejuvenate and repurpose these areas for the better good. It increases your overall employment by, it would bring the added benefit of raising tax revenues for these local areas if it's implemented at a local level. And then finally, it just addresses this long-standing discriminatory barriers that keep these large segments of the population out of the workforce. You know, and it reverses the tides of inequality for workers overall because it gives them more bargaining power and it eliminates the threat of overall unemployment. It gives these
1: guarantees. But whether unemployment versus you already have money to spend in general, so like you're not technically unemployed, you have a income coming in but, versus unemployed,
0: you have no income. Right. But a once again, if you have the $1,000... And you lose your job. You're hoping to have a job to go to. You're not guaranteed to have a job. You're hoping. But you're guaranteed that amount of income. that is. Okay, that's that's great. I went from making $3,500 a month and then I go down to making zero a month except for that $1,000 and hoping that I can pay the bills and still then. But I still have my bills because the bills don't give a fuck whether you're making, whether you're working or not. Believe me. They don't give a shit. You're still going to pay those bills. But now instead of having $4,000 a month, you have $1,000. Does that help you at all? No. Federal job guarantee says if you lose your job, there is something waiting for you, equal or lesser. You have a pay floor, which means a minimum that you could pay. So you're going to have a job of equal or lesser value. So once again, we can go back and forth. We've given our sides. We give who we believe would be a better overall. What do you think? The listener. That's the,
1: more important.
0: The people. Yes, your opinion matters unless you have puffy nipples. But... Um, we want to know what you think. Leave us a comment. What Do you believe each one is... Do you believe either one? As Zach says, his favorite word tonight. Fathomable. Are these fathomable? I just couldn't even pronounce it. It's a good word. It's a fun word to say. But... Yeah, let us know what you think. We want to know. Leave us a like, a review, subscribe. Five-star five, five star review on Apple. Five stars. Five stars. Just like
1: Trump Tower Hotels.
0: They fall into like 3.4. But we're going to make them great again because of your tax-funded dollars. So, last but not least, Zach, take us out until next week.
1: Levitating your perspective each episode at the
0: top. Y'all have a great rest of your week.